Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast and a happy Hanukkah. Today, Shoftim Chapter 16. That suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. And I can take or leave it if I please. Today we reach uh, the end of the story of Shimshon. Um, his entanglement with... Uh, and Isha Zona in Aza, the famous story with Delilah, Delilah. Uh, I love it that uh, Delilah is from the word Laila, uh, which represents the dark, and Shimshon is from Shemesh, represents the light. And, um, and of course, uh, Shimshon gets caught, and uh, eventually his, um, his death, where he brings the house down, and as the text tells us, um, he killed more plishtim uh, in his death than he did even in his life. So this is the very wild story about Shimshon. And the question is what we make of this entire episode. It's so enigmatic. I'll start with Rav Steinsaltz. And Rav Steinsaltz talks about, uh, maybe I'll quote a few lines. He says, The Spirit of God, which in other prophets appeared as, wor- as, peers, as words of wisdom and righteousness, appeared in Samson as an enormous strength. He is therefore the prophet of divine power, expressed as physical force. His whole personality is a vehicle of this aspect of the divine. As pointed out several times in the story, he himself told it to Delilah in the innocence of his heart when he tried to tint her, what would make him like other men. And he continues and says, um, when he ceased to be a Nazir and relinquished his hold on his prophetic contact, i.e. his hair, severing the special bond between himself as a man and himself as a vehicle of power from above, he became like other men. Samson was not a hero because of his great muscular strength. His strength derived from something within him that functioned on a different level. In other words, he was a channel of divine manifestation. In other words, I'll put it slightly differently, um, Shimshon, God works in mysterious ways. And when God said that he would save the Jewish people or begin to save them from the Philistines, it was despite Shimshon, so to speak, despite the person who was Shimshon. Sometimes God manifests himself in this world through strength. Sometimes he manifests himself in words. And we don't necessarily know how he manifests himself. Now, I have to say that maybe part of the story is that we've seen a downward spiral throughout the book of uh, Shoftim. This is the final Shofet, and maybe we're reaching rock bottom. There isn't more, much more to salvage. And therefore, the person that we encounter here, God speaks, so to speak, through his, not through his brain, but through his, through his muscles, through his vengeance, through his anger, through his you know, through through the altercations, through the, the, the engagements that he has with all sorts of foreign women. So that's approach number one. But I want to go to a second approach, which is a more symbolic approach. You know, in this week's, uh, in, this, in today's uh, chapter, what we see here is uh, the engagement with Delilah. And... Uh, I once saw a, a skit about James Bond. <laughs> it was making fun of James Bond. You know, the, the villain in the James Bond story had James Bond t- tied up. And uh, 
and he starts telling him where he's hidden the bomb and the, the on the skit they're saying don't tell him where the bomb is because everybody knows that once uh James Bond finds out where it where it is he'll suddenly manage to escape and he'll defuse the bomb at the last second you read the story with Delilah and she turns around and says why why do you have such power and he says well if you tie me up with seven uh you know uh wet uh ropes then that'll be it and then she says she does exactly this and she says and you know he wakes up and it's all fine and then it happens again she says to him what will happen and he said well if you use to him and he makes the same mistake and he's going to get caught and, and, and why does he fall for it why does he tell her I think there's something about the Shimshon story, which is really almost a a, a a metaphor, a sort of schema, which represents Am Yisrael. Let me try and explain. Um, just like Shimshon, there is no Shofet like Shimshon, which gets such a special pre-birth story where an angel really comes and announces their birth. And I think that's sort of like the Jewish people. The Jewish people, we have their pre-birth story, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. We have the pre-birth in Mitzrayim. And the terms are quite clear, okay, that what we're meant to do and that we are consecrated from birth and given certain laws, just like Shimshon. But if we take Shoftim, what we have is we keep on going after foreign women. We keep on going after other gods. Right? If you read Mishle, the notion of temptation is symbolized by foreign women. And in fact, it frequently in the Torah, idolatry is... Um, a synonym for adultery. Adultery and idolatry go together. Asher atem zonim achrehem. In other words, the Shimshon's attraction, fatal attraction to foreign women, and the fact that each time she says, well, what will is your strength? He says, well, if you do this, if you do this, we can ask the same question about the book of Shoftim. Why do the people, they, they follow the cycle each time. They do Avodah Zarah, and then they cry out to God, and then God saves them, and then they get into trouble again, and they cry out to God, and God saves them, and they do the same mistake again. You could ask the, what we're asking in the narrative form about Shimshon. Shimshon's attraction to these uh, Philistine women, that each time you get yourself into a, into a terrible mess. <laughs> That's really the question we need to ask about the people. Am Israel who were consecrated and are abandoning their legacy. They're abandoning their sense of self. And I would argue that the story of Shimshon says that, you know, God will save you, but how long can this keep going? Eventually, you're going to get caught. And of course, Shimshon dies um, as he, you know, as he asks for vengeance for his eyes. I, I think this is the last Shofet and spending four chapters on this story. It really has to have an impact on the entire narrative of the story. And to me, um, in addition to the first approach, which we said that God can save us through strength, not necessarily through elevated personalities. Um, I think this is, is very telling. I'd like to see two more points for today. Uh, this uh, this point I heard from from Jonathan Grossman, and it's just a general point about maybe uh, you know uh, Shimshon's attraction to this Isha Zona in in Azad to Dilila and all the problematic women. 
Yoni Grossman says something, Professor Yoni Grossman said something to the effect of this. Imagine a child, he grows up with long hair. He's crazy strong. He, he, he lifts up huge rocks in, in, in nursery school. All the kids are scared for him. Nobody comes to his birthday party because they're, they're terrified. And all he wants is for a woman to come and caress his hair. And if he had one thing to say to people who he meets, one thing to say, he might say this, that even when something looks as frightening as a lion, it really has honey inside. <laughs> I wonder, it was a light comment, but I think there's some truth to this, that somehow Shimshon is looking for love and he finds it in all the wrong places. The last point I'd like to relate to is, of course, uh, Shimshon's death, where we have the famous Psukim um, that we read here. And he says a prayer. Hashem Elohim, Zochreinina, Vachaskeinina, Afchapamazel, Elohim, Inakmana, Kamachat, Mishte, Inaimiklishtim. Remember me, strengthen me, that just this time, and let me take vengeance, even, even if it's just one of my two gouged eyes, from the Plishtim. This has, in certain circles, become a, a song that is played at permitsas and weddings, which is quite strange. And it sort of came up during the, I think, the Second Intifada, times of great violence. And I think it just needs to be quite clear that uh, Shimshon is a character who uh, might be one of the Shoftim, but we would hardly say in the way that he leads his life that he is an exemplary character. We would probably say that his spirit of revenge is exactly one of those traits which mirrors the Philistines, not a Jewish trait at all. We find that the Philistines do tit for tat. They're always engaged in vengeance. And this is indeed one of the values that Shimshon says, let me at least get the last hit. Let me hit back at them because of what they did to me. This is certainly not something to sing about. This is certainly not a Jewish virtue. There are times when we ask God to... Um, when we ask God to take vengeance for um, the dead of the Jewish people, but it is not something we sing and dance around at weddings. On that note, from tomorrow, we will be looking at the last segment of Sefer Shoftim. Um, be prepared. It's going to be pretty gruesome. These are stories, chapter 70 to 21, which start off with Avodah Zarah, move on to Giloy Arayot, and continue with Shvichut Tamim, the three great sins, idolatry, uh, sexual um, impropriety, and mass civil war. So Shoftim is a tough book, and it's going to end off pretty hard. That's what we're coming up with. See you tomorrow. That suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. And I can take or leave it if I 